0: Our New Testament passage today picks up in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I know Sister Bevers is going to go long on Ezekiel. So what do I do with the famous passage of faith? Well, we're going to try to just read through it as quickly as possible and just point out a few things to you. He says, now faith is, all right? Now faith is. Number one, what is faith? Faith is, number one, the assurance of things hoped for. Number two, the conviction of things not yet seen. Now, the beautiful little truth here is that this Greek word for conviction here literally is, uh, it's only been found one time in ancient Greek. It's literally the title deed. The title deed. Now, brothers and sisters, when we begin to understand the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, that's what faith is. And for by it, all right, what does faith do? What does faith do? For by it, the people of old, number one, received their commendation. having fun getting the pens to work today. And number two, by faith people of old received their commendation. Now, the next thing I want you to do is just go through and do all of these by faith statements. By faith. By faith. And just highlight these. By faith. And just highlight that. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. All right. Now, let's just begin to break this down a little bit. These are the accomplishments of faith. The accomplishments of faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. You have to have faith to believe in creation. See, if people say, Pastor Samaral, where, where do you stand on creation? I'm what they call a young earther, okay? And I, I like that phrase. I just heard it for the first time the other day. I'm a young earther. I believe in creation. I don't believe in gazillions of years of, of evolution. I think it takes a lot more faith to believe in evolution than it takes to believe in a sovereign, creative God. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what was seen was not made out of things that were visible. So, phew, nothing was there. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. So, by faith, we understand. By faith, we give. Through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks, all right? He still speaks. So faith causes us to be a giver. Faith causes us to understand. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he did not see death and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now, please, God is going to be an important thing as we go here. So by faith, we see an early rapture. <laughs> and, and really, that's kind of what it is. I mean, he was, he was taken up. He never died. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, there, there's a revelation that you need to get. Now, again, notice pleased and pleased. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I call this the definition of faith. It has two parts, believe that God exists, and number two, believe in the character of God, that he's a rewarder. By faith, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household, and by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. All right, so by faith, he obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. So here we see another obeyed. When he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. (laughs) It's one thing to know where you're going and obey. It's another thing to not know where you're going and obey. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him in the same promise. So again, by faith, he obeyed, even though he was in a temporary situation. For he was looking forward to a city that had foundations, whose designers and builder is God. Motivation for Obedience You're looking forward to something. God has given you a revelation of something that you you know is there. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, wow. So by faith, we have a child. But now notice, she considered him faithful who promised. Now, here's a big key of faith. Don't have faith in your faith. Have faith in the one who is faithful who promised. You just you just got to get a hold of that. There are times when we are faithless, and he is still faithful, as the scripture says. Therefore, for one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of the heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of the sand by the seashore. All right, so by faith, they receive the promise. This is the accomplishments of faith. But now, these all died in faith. So you can can die in faith. (laughs) We, We don't like to think about that, but we can die in faith. Not having received the thing's promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles in the world. Some people die in faith, never receiving the promise, but they've seen it and they've greeted it from afar and they acknowledge who they are in relation to that promise. Now again, here's people who died in faith, looking forward to the promise, but not having received it. See, sometimes we think that faith means we always receive. Sometimes we die in faith. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. What are you seeking? Seeking where we belong. Now, we haven't flown for a while this year, but it is not unusual when I'm flying. As we come home and we land in (laughs) Nia. It is not uncommon that people begin to clap as we land on the, on the thing. And they're not clapping for the pilot's great landing. They're clapping to be home. And if you talk to those people, you know, so, sometimes the, the sometimes a couple buying in America and Canada and Australia and stuff, they come home and they talk about all this wonderful life it's so wonderful. But there's no place like home. For people who speak thus make it clear what they're looking for. They're looking for where they belong. They're looking for their homeland. And beloved, please, we don't belong here. This is not our home. We sing the song, this world is not our home. Our home is heaven. People of faith, people of faith, acknowledge that we're strangers and exiles here. This is is how people of faith, How do, these people speak, these people speak thus, okay? This this is what they're talking like, all right? We're strangers and aliens here because this is not our home. And then he continues, if they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. folks, scary. This is a scary thought. Your thoughts Determine your future. I've watched many people. All they think about is their past. And that creates an opportunity to return to their past. I see men and women looking up their old boyfriends or girlfriends from college on Facebook. And all of a sudden, they they see them in the the shopping mall. They go, wow, what a coincidence. Not a coincidence at all spiritually, you created the opportunity by your thoughts. If you've been thinking from what you used to have that God brought you out of, then I have an opportunity to return. That will create a temptation within you. Please, focus on where God has taken you, not where you've come from. But as it is, they desire. Here's here's the reality here. So notice we have Seeking and we have Desire. I keep erasing rather than writing. Oh, this is fun. We have seeking and we have desire. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. This is our homeland. This is our homeland. Therefore, ah, and here's the big truth. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Oh, beloved, this world is not our home. God is prepared a place for us for eternity. And when you and I seek that place, recognizing we're just passing through this world, when you and I have a desire for that place, knowing that we're just passing through this world, God is not ashamed to be called our God because we value what he has provided for us. All right, I'm going to stop there, give Sister Bev plenty of time. Let's open up our hearts again in praise and worship.
1: Or a Sunday school lesson from childhood days Yeah, and some say they're just numbers Just some numbers on the sign 316, they don't mean a thing We see it all the time, but the world pays no much well all i can tell you is what it means to me these are the numbers of my hope these are the words that set me free they tell the story of a savior who gave his life for me and with all that is within me i believe is a preacher, and my daddy loves the Lord. Told me Jesus wants to reach you. Stay short from God's word. Then I had a revelation. He said, "Come just as I am." So I came.
2: So I came. now in my life I had
1: followed wholeheartedly obeyed. Never want to my calling. I believe. Well, it's an open invitation calling out to everyone. It don't matter where you've been, it don't matter what you've done. Hear that still small voice calling. He's calling you to come. Let these words wash over you. Your new life has begun. Your new life has begun. Your new life.
3: to Ezekiel are you enjoying going through the book of Ezekiel i am it's a it's always a pleasure to go through any book of the bible and no matter what we are reading all scripture is profitable for us to learn to understand god's ways to understand the way god thinks to know him better and so it is a pleasure for us to go through the book of Ezekiel. And I love doing it with you. Thank you for allowing me that privilege. Today we're going to start in chapter 11. And we're talking about the visions that Ezekiel had. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the house of the Lord, which faces east. And behold, at the entrance to the gateway, there were twenty-five men, and I saw among them Jazaniah, the son of Azur, Pelatiah, the son of Beniah, princes of the people. And he said to me, Son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and who give wicked counsel in this city. Oh, it said they were princes of the people, and they're the very ones devising the wickedness and the iniquity, who say, The time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron and we are the meat therefore prophesy against them prophesy O son of man and the spirit of the lord fell upon me and he said to me thus saith the lord in the old testament we will see the spirit of lord the lord coming upon the prophets of god when they would speak coming upon There is in Scripture, when we look at the workings of the Holy Spirit and the dealings of the Spirit with with us, human beings, there is upon, there is with, when the Spirit of God is with the unbeliever, coaching him to turn to the Lord, teaching him, hey, look at the ways of God, and then in. In. Finally, and that is when, as believers, the Spirit of God, when we have accepted the Lord as our Savior, and the Spirit of the Lord dwells within us. So there is this upon, this with, and there's in. But in this case, in the Old Testament, as the prophets prophesied, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. And he said to me, say, thus says the Lord, so you think, O house of Israel. So you think, (laughs) this is what's in your mind. So you think, O house of Israel. For I know the things that come into your mind. God knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking about. So you might as well be honest with him and lay it out before him. He knows what you're thinking. You have multiplied your slain in this city and have filled its streets with the slain. Therefore, thus says the Lord, your slain whom you have laid in the midst of it, they are the meat and this city is the cauldron. But you shall be brought out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword. I will bring the sword upon you. Hmm. Fear comes to you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you out of the midst of it and give you into the hands of foreigners and execute judgments upon you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the borders of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. This city shall not be your cauldron. Nor shall you be the meat in the midst of it. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes or obeyed my rules, but have acted according to the rules of the nations that are around you. Oh, that brings the judgment of God. Peer pressure, fitting in, going along with the crowd, adopting the ways of the world. Well, you know, in my office, people drink, you know, okay, so I'll drink too. Oh, uh uh-huh. Acting according to the rules of the nations that are around you. You know, if you want to find the ways of God so that you can walk in the ways of God, where do you find the ways of God? In his word, <laughs> in his word. So what does it always come back to? Read your Bible, pray every day. That's what it always comes back to. Have your devotions. Fill your heart, fill your mind, fill your insides with the word of God. And it came to pass while I was prophesying that Pelatia the son of Benaiah, died. Then I fell down on my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, "'Ah, Lord God, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel?' And the word of the Lord came to me, "'Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, "'the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom "'the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, "'Go far from the Lord, to us this land is given for a possession.'" Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, though I removed them far off among the nations, and though I scattered them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them. For while in the countries where they have gone, oh, you see the patience of God. You see the love of God. You see the desire of God for his people. All right, all right, they've rejected me. I've sent them away. They, They were taken captive. They're under the judgment of God, and yet, even there, I have been a sanctuary for them. I have been a dwelling place for my people. Even then, people of God, even if you have sinned against God, turn to him, for he is loving and compassionate in all his ways, and he will forgive, even when you are There, far from him, yet he longs to be your dwelling place, and he will be that for you. Therefore, say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. I will give you the land of Israel. Okay, we have definitely seen that happen, haven't we? And when they come there, they will remove from it all detestable things and all its abominations. Now look at these next few verses. It is describing something very New Testament. And I will give them one heart and a new spirit. This is talking about a born again experience. I will give them a new spirit and I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, soft heart towards God. He will do that for you that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. Isn't that a description? of salvation and what happens to us when we are saved. And yet, for those who are persistent in rejecting God, yes, their own deeds will come upon their own heads. Verse 22, Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city And stood on the mountain that is to the east of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in the vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision that I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. Now I've been telling you, we've been observing a journey. The abominations that were right there. In the very house of God. Prostitution, murder, idol worship, sun worship, men turning their backs on God and turning their faces to worship the sun. These abominations. God said, I'm being driven from my sanctuary. And yet, God's so patient. His desire is to be with his people. So the glory of God. Lifted up from the Ark of the Covenant, between those wings of the cherubim, lifted up, went to the doorway. And what happened when the glory of God went to the doorway? The whole courtyard was filled with radiance, the radiant beauty of the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, the beauty of it, the glory of it. And nobody noticed. Nobody said, "Ah, oh, Lord, where are you going? Come back. Nobody said anything because their eyes were not looking there. I lift up my eyes and I looked and I saw. Where are you looking? That's what you will see. And the glory of God gradually rose up and went to the gate. Hey, anybody notice? Nobody noticed. Nobody called out after him. And the glory of the Lord now has risen up and gone to the east side of the city, to the mountain that is on the east side of the city. Such a gradual, gradual journey. And every step of the way, we see the patience of God, God's desire to be with his own people. He didn't want to leave them, but he cannot share his glory with another. And he cannot dwell in the midst of abominable sin. He can't be there. And so that's it. The glory of the Lord was up and gone out through the east. And the people didn't even notice that he was gone. Wow. How awful if if the God of glory left our lives And we didn't even notice (laughs) we didn't even say lord um there's something really different about my life now (laughs) i don't feel you anymore they didn't even notice but you know what one day in the book of ezekiel later on in the book of ezekiel in chapter 43 in verse 2 it says the glory of the god of israel coming from the east his voice was like the roar of rushing water And the land was radiant with his glory. The land. One day, the glory of the Lord would come back. And this is, of course, Ezekiel is prophesying about the future. And by the time we get to chapter 43, we are really talking about future events from the prophet Ezekiel. And he sees the glory of God, the manifest presence of God coming back through the eastern gate, making that journey back to the temple of God. In chapter 43, verse 4, the glory of the Lord entered the temple through the east gate. The glory of God coming back. And what happened to the earth, the land, as the glory of God passed over the land? What happened to it? It was radiant. The land itself was radiant, With the glory of God. Wow. When the glory of the Lord just went to the doorway earlier, the whole courtyard was radiant with his glory. Now we see the the glory of God coming back, passing over the earth, the land. Why do I keep emphasizing that? Because it's important, because it's marvelous. (laughs) When the glory of the Lord passed over the earth, it became radiant when it was there, wherever the glory of God is, the manifest presence of God, there's radiance, radiant beauty, glorious beauty. And let me ask you this question. What are human beings made out of? (laughs) Are we not made of the dust of the earth? Are we not made of the land? Where Where did God make Adam from? But from the earth itself. And when God comes and dwells in us, what then do you think? When the manifest presence of God, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, where is God dwelling now? He is dwelling in us. We are his temple. And what are we? We are made from the earth. We are made from the land. And what happened to the land in here, in Ezekiel, when the glory of God was there? The earth became radiantly glorious, beautiful with the presence of God. All right, God dwells within you. Is that not right? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior, asked him to forgive your sins, wash you with the blood of Jesus? Then the presence of God is within you. So what do you think your insides look like to God? Inside of you, you are gloriously radiant. You are beautiful. You are beautiful inside. Sometimes I think, right, and if you had surgery and the surgeon would cut you open, boom, there would be such glorious radiance that the surgeon would go, whoa, whoa. Not really, because this is a spiritual thing, but you are radiantly beautiful inside. Sometimes you look at yourself and you say, oh, I've sinned. Look what I've done against the Lord. Look what has happened in my life. I'm so ugly. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you are radiantly beautiful, and you need to see yourself as God sees you see yourself righteously see yourself as in the proper way see yourself as god sees you radiantly beautiful you can bank on that you can count on it you are not ugly your insides are not ugly god has made you beautiful by his presence amen A little bit more reading today. Are you blessed by that? Isn't it beautiful to see these truths in the book of Ezekiel? Now chapter 12, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, who have eyes to see but see not, who have ears to hear but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. As for you, son of man, Prepare for yourself an exile's baggage. Oh, drama, drama. (laughs) More dramatization. And go into exile by day in their sight. You shall go like an exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they're a rebellious house. God is trying to ask Ezekiel, show them. Show them visually what I am trying to say to them. Maybe they will understand. You shall bring out your baggage by day in their sight as baggage for exile. And you shall go out yourself at evening in their sight, as those do who must go into exile. In their sight, dig through the wall and bring your baggage out through it. Wow, talk about drama. In their sight, you shall lift the baggage upon your shoulder and carry it out at dusk. You shall cover your face that you may not see the land for I have made you a sign for the house of Israel. And I did as I was commanded. I brought out my baggage by day as baggage for exile. And in the evening, I dug through the wall with my hands. I brought out my baggage at dusk, carrying it on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house said to you, what are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, this oracle concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, I am a sign for you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall go into exile, into captivity, and the prince who is among them shall lift his baggage upon his shoulder at dusk and shall go out. They shall dig through the wall to bring him out through it, He shall cover his face that he may not see the land with his eyes. And I will spread my net over him, and he shall be taken in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he shall not see it, and he shall die there. And I will scatter toward every wind, all who are around him, his helpers and all his troops. And I will unsheathe the sword after them, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among the countries. But I will let a few of them escape from the sword, from famine and from pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they go, and may know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink water with trembling and with anxiety and say to the people of the land, thus says the Lord God concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. Here's another drama over and over again. God is making a, a, an illustrated sermon for the people that they might understand what he's trying to say to them. Say they shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink water in dismay. In this way, her land will be stripped of all it contains on account of the violence of all those who dwell in it. And the inhabitants, inhabited cities shall be laid waste, and the land shall become a desolation, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Remember back at the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, I told you, you're going to see that phrase over and over and over again. And this is only Friday night and Friday morning, I should say. And you have seen this how many times already? Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, what is this proverb that you have about the land of Israel saying? The days grow long and every vision comes to nothing. Tell them, therefore, this thus saith the Lord God, I will put an end to this proverb and they shall no more use it as a proverb to Israel. This is not a proverb as in from the book of Proverbs. It's a saying that the people had developed. But say to them, the days are near and the fulfillment of every vision, for there shall be no more any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be performed. Oh, that's a good thing for us to remember. He will speak the word that he will speak, and it will be performed. Has he spoken healing in your life? It will be performed. Amen. Has he spoken salvation for your loved ones? Believe it. Amen. It will not delay, it will no longer be delayed, but in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies times far off. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord God, None of my words will be delayed any longer, but the word that I speak will be performed, declares the Lord God. Many, many beautiful truths we have seen today. Reach out to God. Live for God. Read his word. Ask God to open his word to you so that you might understand and live it. Amen. And remember what we have learned about the patience of God. He wants to dwell with you. And when you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, he does dwell within you, and you have become radiantly beautiful, gloriously beautiful, because of the presence of the Lord, because of the forgiveness of the Lord, because God himself is dwelling in you. What a beautiful, beautiful truth. Thank you for joining us today for our morning devotions. Tonight, it's Friday, so it's Friday service. It's not at 7 p.m. We do have a service at 6.30, a prayer and worship service at the COP Auditorium. Our service will be live streamed from there. So if you're not able or allowed to join us yet, please do join us online. our 630 prayer and worship service. God bless you.